0: welcome to the denver gazette sports podcast i am your host chris schmenke and today we are brought to you by applewood plumbing heating and electric they have been serving denver residents for 50 years they are the proud proud sponsor of the colorado avalanche and this podcast and on this edition of the podcast today we are reacting to the denver broncos 21 20 win to get moved them to 500 and we're gonna look ahead to the browns a little bit and i'm joined by chris thomason chris how you doing and how you feeling hey doing okay thanks for having me let's get going <laughs> so a pretty exciting game last Sunday night uh Broncos like I said went 21 to 20 on a touchdown from Russell Wilson to Cortland Sutton uh with about a minute left uh Broncos defense holds so so Chris I'm, I'm just gonna ask you again like I always ask you big picture stuff like this team is back to 500 after being one in five what's the feeling in that locker room it, it's there's got to be a lot of belief floating around there
1: yeah, there's been a tremendous amount of celebration the last couple of weeks. Obviously, there was euphoria when they beat the Bills the week before in the last second field goal, and now they're back to 500. And there's just something mentally being back to 500 where they haven't been since they were zero and zero to start the season. If they had lost to the Vikings four and six, it would have been okay. You know, we got knocked back down the hill. Now we got to win two more in a row to get to 500. But it's a confidence boost and uh yeah there's winnable games coming up no doubt
0: and we had talked about this earlier in the season where the broncos were kind of struggling to win like they were struggling to get over that hurdle now in the last couple weeks they've really started to show that they make the big plays when they're needed and they just seem a little bit more clutch in these last couple games yeah you're absolutely right
1: um they've russell wilson you know at has been up and down at times, mostly up. But uh, when it looks like the offense isn't moving the last couple games, they've done the job. I mean, uh, Buffalo takes the lead late, and Russell Wilson marches them down the field for a last-second field goal. The offense wasn't doing much at all against the Vikings. They kept getting all sorts of breaks with the takeaways, and uh, finally they earned a score by driving – 75 yards and getting that winning touchdown the offense woke up and then the defense of course which had been uh, gashed you know mostly on the ground rose up and uh, finally uh got to josh dobbs a little bit and uh, he'd been running around all night and uh, you know prevented them from getting into field goal range which was very important because i watched greg joseph in pregame warmups and he was kicking 63 yarders like they were extra points so they didn't need to get far for a field goal attempt to uh win the game the vikings
0: yeah they mentioned greg joseph hitting those hitting those on the broadcast so they knew that they didn't have to get too much but you know you talked about russell wilson and he has been clutched the last couple weeks you know he's coming up with big plays um but some other guys on that offense Cortland sutton's been great the last couple weeks he has become russell wilson's go-to guy I want to ask you about Samaj P. Ryan, who doesn't really play the whole game and then plays in the fourth quarter when he's needed. Like, I'm sure he was unhappy with his role, but he's still, he's become this very important player in this win streak. Yeah, he's become like uh, the closer. They bring yeah. him in late in games. He
1: he doesn't carry the ball much. He doesn't get that many passes thrown his way. And then boom, when they need something, the last two games, he's played a key role down the stretch in uh with his short passes in uh getting them in range for the winning score and uh yeah so that'll be interesting that'll be an interesting question to pose to sean payton hey maybe this guy should be used more as a pass threat earlier in the game maybe not necessarily as a runner but uh he's proven to be quite an effective receiver
0: and the thing, you know, I don't know if maybe they do need to use him more as a runner. I wanted to ask you because when McLaughlin's in there, they kind of know he's getting the ball, it seems like. And he just hasn't done much at all since those first couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely correct. I mean, he might, if he plays 10 snaps in a game, maybe he's going to have five touches. So obviously he needs to work on his pass blocking. And usually when he's in the game, it's to get the ball. So yeah, that'll be interesting, you know, down the stretch. And uh and you know, weather gets colder, and all that. You got Samaje, who's a bigger back, getting the hard-earned yards. So, might be interesting to see with Jamal, uh, Jaleel McLaughlin, having slowed down in recent weeks, if Samaji maybe starts getting some more carries.
0: So let's flip over to the defense, and uh, you, you, you just—we just talked about you, you about uh, how, how do we say uh, Jayquan's name first of all. Okay. He pronounced it this week and it
1: is Jaquan Macmillan.
0: So it's Macmillan. Okay.
1: That's what he said. I have it on tape. I listened to it three times and uh, he said Macmillan. So.
0: Okay. Well, pretty much since putting him and Fabian Moreau in that secondary, it's, they've been, I don't want to say lights out, but they've come up with turnovers. He Macmillan, I got to get used to saying that. I mean, you know, he had a pick and a fumble recovery in Sunday night's game, you know, they've got some ball hawks back there in the secondary and and we'll touch on Kareem Jackson stuff here in a bit, but you know, the positive, like they are getting turnovers and that secondary is a huge part of it.
1: Yeah. um, McMillan has four takeaways in the last three games and he's the number four ranked cornerback in the NFL by pro football focus. So he's been a great story just Inactive the first game this season and played on special teams the next two and then boom they throw threw him in the lineup and waved uh, sang Bassi and boom he's been a great addition Fabian Moreau has uh, provided veteran leadership. I was joking with him in the locker room that perhaps cornerbacks should have start win loss records like quarterbacks do because he's now four and zero as a starter Fabian Moreau since moving into the lineup against the uh Packers. And uh then, you know, you've got uh Justin Simmons and, and Pat Sertan too. I mean everybody knows what they can do.
0: Well and yeah Simmons was just as clutch on that last drive when he knocked the ball away from Hawkins Hawkinstein, Hawkenstein, sorry, um twice um on that last drive. So I mean he he's been playing great as well. Um So the run defense, so so Sean Payton said something interesting. I want to get your thoughts on it yesterday where he says it's not the same thing as it was earlier in the season. Then what is it?
1: (laughs) Yeah. He said, it's not uh, a pandemic about the (laughs) uh, yards they've given up. Um, recently they had a three-game stretch which was among the worst in recent nfl history where against miami chicago the new york jets they gave up about 251 yards a game in three games boom and then it was a total reversal after that they had three games in which they gave up about 98 yards rushing per game last two games you know some concern though uh, 170 100 excuse me 192 yards against the bills 175 against the Vikings, and this is a team that was averaging 85.7 yards yeah. entering the game on the ground, one of the NFL's worst rushing teams. Uh, of course, they got 31 at least on a, on a fake punt, but they still got a lot of yards. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a concern, but I don't know if it's a major concern. I might agree with uh, Peyton because all around, you, you know, they're they're doing – the job on defense so maybe some games are giving up a decent amount of yards on the ground but yet they're stopping things through the air and they're still coming up with the big plays when they have to but you know that's not a formula you can rely on you can't rely on expecting to have three takeaways a game which they've had for three consecutive games so uh you know we'll see if that continues
0: so do you, what did you think of the tackling on Sunday? Cause I saw some people saying the tackling wasn't as good. Do you think that was a a part of it? Cause, cause you know, early in the season we talked about their bad tackling and it got better and now it wasn't great on Sunday night. Did you see that as well?
1: Yeah. the there early in the game, especially there were a lot, there was some shoddy tackling. It it got better as the game progressed, but uh you know, it wasn't as bad as, uh, obviously, the Miami game, which, of course, was one of the worst tackling displays, the 70-20 to 20 loss
0: any of us can remember. I don't think they really tackled much in that game. The guys just ran by him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's go ahead and talk about Kareem Jackson. He was suspended yesterday for a hit, with the third play of the game. No flag on the play. He hit Josh Dobbs. Well, he, he hit Josh Dobbs in the chest, but with his helmet. Is that what they're saying?
1: It looks to me like in the, on the replay, he got him in the helmet area. He? Okay. With the hit. Okay. But, uh, but the, the bottom line is, uh, you know, they're, NFL's not messing around. So, uh, I mean, it's just a litany of violations, as you well know. I mean, uh, he was fined four times, a total of $89,000 prior to his uh, first uh, suspension. I mean it's almost hard to keep track, you know find like eighty nine thousand then he lost with the two game suspension, maybe uh two hundred forty uh or maybe it was two hundred eighty thousand out of the number right in front of me, but now he might lose five hundred some thousand. he's had two ejections this season I mean it just goes on and on, and uh you just wonder what's gonna happen when he returns i mean uh If P.J. Locke comes back, plays well off his ankle injury, we'll have to see what they do uh, in terms of playing time, that sort of thing.
0: Is he appealing?
1: Is he allowed to appeal? He's appealing the process, and this appeal hearing is going on likely while we're speaking. I mean, when he got his first suspension, it was four games, and through the appeal process, they cut it to two. It would seem to me that his appeal process is more – difficult this time around so uh we'll see what what happens here pretty soon but obviously he's not playing against cleveland on sunday
0: all right so let's move ahead to cleveland um cleveland is seven and three they have a real real legit defense uh their offense is not great they're they're going to start uh dorian thompson robinson again as far as i've seen uh they beat they beat pittsburgh 13 to 10 last week in a real slugfest but um you know we talked before we started recording, this is probably going to be a low scoring game um, slugfest kind of deal. What what are the Broncos going to see from Cleveland?
1: Yeah, they've got a rookie quarterback and a quarterback uh, who's going to try to not make mistakes. I mean, they have a top notch defense and uh, he'll just try to be the ultimate game manager. And uh, so that's kind of interesting. You're going against, a Broncos team that has specialized in recent weeks in takeaways. We've talked about them having uh, three or more, three straight games. They've had uh, 12 total in the last three games. So here's a team that's been taking the ball away. They're obviously going to try to take advantage of a rookie quarterback, but they're going to be conservative. I imagine to attempt to avoid the takeaways. So we'll see if that happens.
0: So, this offensive line is going to have a lot of pressure because Miles Garrett just gets to the quarterback. So, you know, do they, do they chip? Do they, do they, what are they try to keep Garrett away from Russ? Cause you know, I mean, Russ has been getting sacked in, in games all year. So, you know, what do they kind of do there?
1: Yeah, no, it, it's a, it's a tough challenge. There's no doubt, but like you said, there's been games this year in which Russell Wilson has been uh, sacked plenty. And then he kind of dusts himself off and, uh, bounces back so we'll see if they try to uh have him get the ball out quicker uh or what have you but uh just don't go to the marvin mims end around that doesn't work too well <laughs> yeah.
0: or or screen pass or anything just just have him I, I don't know he just needs to run the go route and see if russ can find him so the broncos are in 10th in the afc right now teams ahead of them uh indy at five and five buffalo at six and five who they own the tiebreaker over is the head-to-head first tiebreaker do we want to dive into that correct yeah okay i mean the bottom line
1: is they're playing a number of teams that they're potentially battling for playoff positioning cleveland is one and then houston is another back-to-back weeks and we'll see if the chargers uh can get themselves kind of back in the playoff race they play them twice and then of course they close with the Raiders. And then I think the other games in there are at Detroit, uh, which is non-conference affair, but Hey, if you're going to lose games, it's best to lose to the NFC because one of the top tiebreakers is conference record. And so uh, that, that doesn't hurt you as much if you lose to an NFC team. And then of course, new England, uh, which has got to be a must win for them on uh, Christmas Eve.
0: Yeah. It it shapes, you know, it shapes up pretty well. Like you said, like they're, all the teams they're chasing, they're going to play except for India. They don't have India or Pittsburgh on the schedule. I don't know how Pittsburgh is six and four. You have to feel like they'll fall off. I don't know. You know, they just fired their offensive coordinator today. Uh, like you said, like we've talked about, the Broncos beat Buffalo. So they've got the tiebreaker there. I mean, they have a legit shot at getting to seven. Th- things will have to fall their way. And they've got to win games they're supposed to win
1: yeah you're absolutely correct and uh they're favored in this game against cleveland they're going against a rookie quarterback they're at home so this is a game they need to win to make the playoffs and houston has a rookie quarterback obviously it's a rookie quarterback who's tearing up the nfl but uh still you have to take advantage of going against uh, a rookie quarterback and uh so that needs to be a game that they they need to win because winning at Detroit's going to be tough, but, uh, uh, you know, and the chargers, they always seem to split with them, but these next two games, if they're to make the playoffs, they might need to win them both.
0: And I think Houston has a big game this week. Cause I think they play Jacksonville in a, in a big divisional matchup. So it'll be interesting to see that, that game is definitely going to be interesting. I, I'll, I'll be interested to see who's actually favored in it. Um, because if Houston beats Jacksonville, they're tied at seven four, and they're, they'd be in the division lead of the AFC South, which I don't think we'd be talking. We were going to be talking about, but um, all right, Chris. Uh, before you go, I just wanted again. We've talked about this before, but I still like to get your opinion. I continue to feel that Sean Payton is just pushing all the right buttons. Do you see that?
1: Yeah, he stayed the course. I mean, when they were one and five, he never panicked, obviously he didn't make a move when everybody was screaming for Vance Joseph to be dismissed as defensive coordinator. And you've got a veteran coach who's totally secure with his contract, has a Super Bowl ring. Uh, you know, he he started out, he's had some tough starts, had an 0-4 start once with the Saints. So he uh never really flinched, but uh they've gotten some breaks of late of late. There, there's no doubt at all. Yeah. I mean uh Buffalo, the two late penalties, or they don't win that game, and uh, obviously, we mentioned the Kareem Jackson hit. If that was flagged, they wouldn't have gotten three points there uh, after that particular turnover to start the game, and who knows, maybe the Vikings march down the field get a touchdown, and things are a little different, but uh, hey, here we are, sitting at five and five. Nobody thought that a couple weeks ago, so it should be an interesting ride the rest of the way.
0: One more thing, you know, we were, we've talked about the early season, how they lost that game to the Raiders, they lost to the Commanders. The Jets' loss has to just eat at them.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially (laughs) when you look at how the Jets are playing. I mean, uh, Zach Wilson has been brutal in recent weeks and, of course, he's been benched. And uh, I'm sure the Broncos were wishing uh, they could have taken more advantage of him in that particular game.
0: All right, Chris, thanks for coming on and talking today. Uh, Make sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple and Spotify. Make sure to check out all of Chris's coverage of the Broncos over at denvergazette.com, as well as all the other teams in the area. And Chris, we will catch up next week after the Broncos and Browns games. We'll talk to you then. Sounds great. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Denver Gazette podcast. Make sure to visit DenverGazette.com for all your local news on Broncos, Rockies, Avalanche, Nuggets, and much, much more. We'll talk to you next time.